Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I am your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage in the Madison area. And I'm here with my co-host, Coach Dean Manchie. Coach, what's going on, brother? Hey, it's great to be back, Brian. I, unfortunately, I missed a great episode on Monty Ball. Monty did a great job, and I know you have such a great relationship with him. And uh, Coach Mangan and myself went to the Georgia Tech Strength Conditioning Clinic at uh, Georgia Tech University, obviously, and just came away with a lot of great stuff, Brian. Well, you know, going back to just what you talked about, I think for so many athletes, uh, the episode of Monty talks about some really interesting topics that are that are definitely issues with our young community. And it's something that, I, you know, you really should listen to again. Um, but coach, you know, people have been waiting. I've been getting messages wanting to hear about, hey, you know, what was talked about, Inky Johnson, Lewis Carella, you know, so many incredible, incredible speakers, both on leadership Okay, and performance. Give us, give us a couple, uh, give us some nuggets, coach. What do you got for us today? Well, well, that's difficult, right? Because I, I really had about eight pages of notes. Coach Mangan was taking notes. I was taking uh, pictures of the slides, and you know, it just it's it's so much information. It's like the internet. They just gave a ton of information in one day, and it was just unbelievable. But quick shout out to Lewis Corella. Boy, we came in Atlanta Airport. We drove right there. And Lewis took care of us. And Lewis has uh, been a person that's been on our podcast, Brian. And he was yep. wishing you were going to be able to make the trip too. But obviously, running your business, it just didn't work out that weekend. But, you know, he was asking, hey, where's Brian? Where's Brian, et cetera. And obviously, we're a phone call away, a text away. And, and Lewis was there and he opened his arms up. Unbelievable hospitality. We sat down with him all on Friday and just talked shop and, and went through a ton of stuff our strength and conditioning, but more importantly, just being able to deal with people and having everybody just become their best version of themselves. So one of the big quotes that we got from Lewis, Coach Megan and myself, is if you're consistent, you will cause people to fear you. And oh, I just yeah. I just really love that, Brian. Yeah, I think it's, you know, consistency is the ultimate winning solution, right? You can't, you can't fight against being being consistent okay um you know it's it's obviously one of our cultural pillars at sports advantage um if you're consistent with what you do all right your rate of success is going to only multiply and so at the end of the day i think that is that is an incredible quote and lewis is loaded with them right um but i think you know we talk about with training i mean if you can consistently train three times a week for your high school career that's over 600 training sessions over the course of four years. All right, think, if you're an athlete, think about that. Are you hitting that marker? Now that means that you could be training once or twice a week for four or five weeks and then four times a week, you know, but are you getting consistent training in everything you do? And, and you guys talk about consistently consistency at Kimberly as well, as far as hydration and sleep and all the markers that are gonna provide athlete success. So that, that one's awesome. No, absolutely. We just talk about consistently eating good, consistently getting that sleep, consistently making sure you're eating tons of fruits and vegetables and lean protein and controllable consistently. Yes. A lot of those things you can control as an athlete, but it's so simple. It's very difficult for athletes to do. And I think as coaches out there, it's consistently getting better. You know, there was a over about 150 coaches there. And it was just great to connect from people from South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, 
And everybody just there with a passion to help kids get better in strength and conditioning and in that leadership. We talk about Inky Johnson, boy, we were in the front row, Brian. <laughs> and I've never, I've heard a lot of speakers in my day, but he, he just, it was, it was jaw dropping. Just really? incredible. He just went up there. There was no, no notes, no PowerPoint, no nothing. And that guy speaks from the heart and anybody that knows Inky's situation, um, you, you got to, he's got a book out there. You can check out his book. And uh, his, his message was just incredible. And what, what coaches have done to help him and give him that opportunity to play the game of football. And then he had a tragic injury in college at the university of Tennessee and who was there in not only the good times, but also the bad times were his coaches. And he mentioned how powerful that was and how important, but he had a great quote, Brian. I'm going to just want to share this with our listeners. He said, add value to every environment you enter. That is and awesome. I just thought that was incredible. And every one of our listeners can take that and be able to connect with that quote in, in order to improve themselves. You know, Dean, I think the best speakers are the ones that can connect with anyone, right? So even if you're speaking to, you know, 150 strength and conditioning coaches, your message that even though it's delivered to that audience, uh, hits an audience of anyone. And so that message, again, if you're an athlete, if you're a coach, if you're an intern, you know, we talk about that all the time uh, with interns. I, you know, if you're an intern in strength and conditioning, or if you're a GA as a coach, you're not just there pushing papers. You're not just there entering data. What do you bring to the table? You know, what do you bring to the table? And that, that's something I talk with, you know, our assistants in my, in my gyms and in our schools. Hey, yeah, we have our directors, but what are you bringing to the table? What are you doing to make, you know, our, 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 our business, our, our kids, what are you doing to make it better? You know, I remember John Detman, you know, one of the first things he said to me, Dean, when I interviewed is he looked, looks at assistance and he's like how he evaluates if you were a good assistance is how much better the program got since you were there. So are you, you know, are you adding value to the program that even though someone else is writing the programs, even though, you know, if you're, you're, in a, in a sport and coaching with a coach and you're an assistant, they're creating the practice plans. Is the program getting better since you've been involved as well? And I think interns and, and, and volunteers and GAs really should listen to that because you need to bring value because if you're just there, you know, to, to put in your, you know, we get college kids. If you're just here to put in your 480 hours and to move on, you're doing the wrong thing. You know what I mean? And maybe you get your degree and things like that, but you're wasting an opportunity. Yes, Brian. And the other thing is, you know, for athletes out there, are you bringing value to your team? You know, if you're a scout team player, are you doing the best job you can to help your team be successful and your teammates be successful? And, you know, if you're in any type of situation and you are in a team sport, that's crucial. And everybody, you know, we always say you got to know your job, own your role. Them yeah. are very important pieces of the team success and individually, obviously, if you're giving hundred percent and going back to Lewis, if you're being consistent, you are going to improve individually and therefore your team's going to improve as well. Well, and it, it's true, right? I mean, you, you see it in all aspects of life of consistency and 
you know, both the quotes to me kind of go hand in hand with each other. You know what I mean? Being consistent. Um, you're adding, you're going to, you're going to add value by being consistent. And so it's amazing how some of the best speakers, some of the best, you know, what you, if you want to call them motivational speakers, the best coaches, you know, the way that they share, you know, and goes back to the way they share their message, maybe different words, but it's the same thing. What's your guys' mantra at, at Kimberly? Water it. Water. I mean, if it's, it's exactly the same as what those two guys are talking about, you know? And so that's why you guys have such an incredible program, Dean, is because you built off some of these things that, that, you know, are being shared with everybody across the country. So um, Dean, let's get into our, our two previous guests that we had. And I, I just want to share, you know, Robert Murdoch came on and we've been getting incredible feedback across the country uh, from coaches, coaches in Tallahassee, you know, coach in Wyoming messaged me, um, you know, coaches across our state on some of the stuff that Robert was talking about and, you know, sharing, you know, some, some things that, that go on at their schools or, or whatnot. And, and, you know, Robert has done such an incredible job at Edgewood. I mean, you know, going from 60 to 70 kids in a summer program to over 220 last year, um, he's making an impact, not only in the athletic department, but on, on the kids as a whole. Um, so I just want to give him a great big shout out there um, because he's doing a, he's doing a hell of a job, you know, and one of the things he talked about Dean was having hard conversations um, and not worrying about people's feelings. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times conversations are based on, um, you know, the emotion versus the topic, right? Dean, we're worried about like, if I'm going to have a hard conversation with you, I can't be worried about if you're going to be upset with me, I got to worry about the topic at hand as, as trying to get a solution to it. And we're not always going to agree. And that's one of the things he said, you know, coaches aren't always going to agree with strength coaches. Strength coaches aren't always going to agree with, with sport coaches, but what it comes down to is those 15 to 18 year old athletes and making sure that you're making the decisions that are best for them and, and moving forward collectively as a group. And so, you know, I know Robert's had some, some tough conversations and, and when you're building a program, when you're building a culture, those things happen. They have to happen because if you want to do it the way you've always done it, then, there, then there's no reason to change, you know? And so I think you have to be okay having hard conversations. You have to be okay hearing that maybe something you're doing and, and Robert's had to hear that too. You know, we've all had to hear that as coaches that, Hey, maybe the way you're doing this, or maybe the way that you're sharing this maybe needs to change a little bit, or it's not resonating. And so being open to feedback, I think for coaches is very important. Yeah, Brian, I think that's very important. You have to self-reflect and not all, not every kid or athlete learns the same. So I think that's one of the biggest things we do as educators is we are trying to find out what makes that person tick. What is a motivating factor in helping that person reach their potential in their sport or in their weight room. And so it's very important. The other thing is just those hard conversations, not only are sport coaches and strength coaches, or it's a lot of times it's athletes in the sport coach or athletes and the strength and conditioning coach and trying to come up with a plan that is going to be best fitted for that individual. And, you know, with social media nowadays, Brian, we know, there are certain situations where, you know, people, places maybe that um, tell kids some things that maybe they want to hear. And sometimes when you tell kids maybe some, a little bit more of a realistic approach in that 
hey, you know, you can become a better version of yourself if you improve in these areas, which we feel that you're weak. And from strength and conditioning standpoint, that could be, hey, this person's very strong, but they don't move as well. And they could use a lot more mobility in their hip region or their thoracic mobility in their middle and upper back. And yes, we want to capitalize on all of our strengths, but I think understanding and knowing, hey, what are some things that are going to give you the big bang for your buck? And that's when we talk about conjugate method, Brian. Yep. That's what the conjugate method's about, bringing up those weaker points, you know, weaker parts in the chain to make the chain stronger. So therefore your core and your whole body is going to be able to be a lot stronger. And therefore you're going to be able to put more force into the ground. Well, and the other, you know, conversation piece that that's always out there that is very difficult for coaches is, is coach parent conversation. Yes. You know I mean, you have the playing time issue, you have, um, you know, parents, you know, in the stands evaluating all the other players except for their own as to why their kids should be playing versus a kid that, you know, had six turnovers last night and, you know, they're keeping stats and, you know, or, you know, maybe their kid's hitting 600, but he's only, you know, been up three, you know, you know, five times he's got three hits versus, you know, a kid that's been up 60 times, you know, so you're looking at body of work. And so, you know, those are always times where, you know, my suggestion to coaches is this is take your emotion out of it and take your ego out of it and think about the athlete. Think about what's best for the athlete. And that will guide your conversations all the time. Because if you focus on what's best for the athlete, and I've had conversations with, you know, with various parents about their kids and to be, you know, real with them where I don't think their kid is where they think they are, you know, and I show them the data, you know, whether it's, you know, strength, whether it's speed, whether it's power, whether it's, you know, baseball wise and the data is the data you know what i mean and you know you also have you know the the conversations about attitude and and things like that that you know you really really become hard and so my suggestion and my you know philosophy is always put the kid in the center of the conversation put the athlete you know the best interest of the athlete um if you're having conversation with coaches the best interest of the team um, and those will always guide your conversations in the right directions because you have to take your ego out of it and you have to take emotion out of it because those are prevalent when they get in there. That's when things get heated. You know, if you get, you know, I don't know what the right term is to say on our podcasting with this, but, you know, if you get frustrated because someone said something that you feel is attacking, all of a sudden the conversation goes south. So you have to take your emotions out of it. You have to take your ego out of it. You have to put the athletes and the team first. You know, Brian, that's one of the biggest things that I learned from Coach Jones, and I think he was just exceptional at it, <clears throat> is you could always have those conversations one-on-one, you know, away from kids, away from athletes, and there might be different opinions, but it always came back down to the kids and what was going to be the best thing for the kids. And then whether somebody um, swayed with one way or another as far as understanding the concept or being able to read the data was the, the, the end result was all about making sure that it was going to benefit them and educating each other on it because every one of us is different. Every coaching staff is different. Every coaching staff has people on their staff that has an expertise in a certain area. And so as a coach, a lot of times head coach will say, I want to have people 
on my staff that I don't, I'm, I don't know a lot about this. And I, and I want to surround myself with a great supporting cast of coaches that have expertises in areas that are my weaknesses. And then therefore my staff becomes obviously a lot better. And I think Dean, you know, Robert's second point we want to touch on really falls into this because this is where a lot of times coaches and strength coaches have really hard conversations and exercise selection. Right. And I think, you know, I, I don't know what kind of rabbit hole we want to go down here today, you know, um, but I think the, the, the top conversation that coaches have with strength coaches is whether or not, you know, Olymp they should do Olympic lifting, you know, and, you know, my thought is this, okay, Dean, you know, and I've done Olympic lifts. I did Olympic lifts at Wisconsin. I, I really think they're beneficial and we got a ton out of it. Um, and I think people skew you whether or not you do Olympic lifts in your program currently or don't versus whether or not you value an exercise. And I, I do value Olympic lifts, but at the same time, I also value my athletes time and what's the best bang for my buck currently in what we do. And so we don't Olympic lift at sports advantage. And I'm going to give the math here as to why we do. And I think Robert did an amazing job as to showing why they don't Olympic lift at Edgewood, but you know, if you go on Twitter um, every day, it's a conversation between strength or not even a conversation. It's more of like a, a, a puff your chest, you know, tweet or whatever on whether or not you should Olympic lift or not Olympic lift or, you know, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about because they don't do it. This guy, you know, doesn't know what he's talking about because they do do it. Um, I think strength coaches, this, this is my thought process. If you have that much time to sit and argue on Twitter, um, maybe you should look at, you know, how you allocate your time because at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I know for me and I know for you, we don't have time to sit on Twitter and argue for three hours on what exercise you know, you're doing your weight room. My stance is this, if it works for you, great. You're doing right by your kids. You know what I mean? If Olympic lifts work for you, great. Okay. If they don't work for you and you're getting results, great. And you shouldn't be criticized for that. And we as strength coaches, and I say this in my talks all the time, Dean, you've heard me, we need to be better. We need to be better with, you know, looking at what other people are doing and seeing if we can utilize what they're doing versus criticize what they're doing. So, and I know at Kimberly, you know, um, just give us a little background on, on, on some of that stuff with, with what you guys do with the makers. Well, Brian doing, you know, being a high school strength and conditioning coach for 27 years already, you know, I pretty much have dabbled into everything because you're always, you know, looking for that, get your edge, you know, a competitive advantage. So, you know, we were in a situation where I was younger in my career and, you know, we were, we were power cleaning the bags and we were hand cleaning the skill because, you know, you go to certain areas and they say, hey, this is what you should do. You know, this will be the best thing for those individual position groups. And, you know, this volleyball player should be doing this or this basketball player should be doing that. And every situation is different. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is, are you getting results? One, are the athletes not getting injured? Are they safe? Because that is the number one thing, risk versus reward. So, the other thing is you have to look at your facilities. You have to look at your numbers of athletes. And you know, at Kimberly, we have a ton, ton of boys and girls that have worked extremely hard in the weight room and they do an unbelievable job. And then where is your help as a coach? Because Olympic lifting is, is very difficult 
to do, and I know people that are really good at Olympic lifting, they will say, well, I might disagree with that, but I know that you have to be there, that you have to coach every rep in order to really do a great job. And you have to have plenty of good coaches that are knowledgeable as well with it on your staff. And for example, there might be, you know, three or four coaches in there. And a lot of times, you know, when you get that help, are they certified in Olympic weightlifting? Do they have certifications? Do they continually practice it? Are you doing a progression from the sixth grade on to make sure that you're doing Olympic progressions the correct way? For example, maybe you're starting out with a, a dowel or a PVC pipe and you're going to a barbell. And what I found out, it was, I was spending so much time, Brian, trying to really get good, for example, at the hand clean. And we were putting a ton of time into it. And I was kind of like hitting my head against the wall all the time. And what I found is our best athletes, our better athletes could clean just because, you know, they had better movement skills. Correct. And they were able to be able to do a complex movement and do it right. But our population isn't like that. We have a variety of individuals that train and it just, it wasn't the best bang for the buck in, in our case. So I decided, Hey, we could utilize that time much better in my opinion, in my setting with our athletes that I felt that we could make better gains because let's be honest, they're beginner beginner athletes and and maybe some of your seniors at that point might be intermediate athletes and we know that strength is the is the foundation of power and if you have to be strong in order to be powerful so we decided our exercise selection was hey we could get the triple extension we could get a lot of the benefits of the olympic weightlifting and we still do some olympic um, lifting variations but we don't do full cleans. We don't do, you know, a, a lot of the advanced type of Olympic lifting, but we will do some barbell power shrugs and stuff like that. And we are jumping with, with hex bars and, and barbells and getting that triple extension, increasing our vertical jump. And we just found that utilizing our time was a lot easier for our athletes because, you know, athletes are getting stressed out so much. And then being able to try to really perfect a very difficult lift was very stressful on them. It was very time consuming for them and also as us as coaches. And we found out that, hey, by, by changing our exercise selection, we were getting better results, much quicker, much safer. And those athletes that maybe were not as athletically gifted to be able to do a very advanced type of exercise could get and do a, a regression type exercise and still get all the benefits of that exercise to improve their athletic performance and obviously decrease the chance of injury as well, Brian. Dean, I think, I think we should do a podcast on this. Uh, on, 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 Absolutely. You know, and I, I think what everybody needs to hear too is what we're saying. And both of us have said the same thing. We looked at our scenario and what was best for our kids. It, it's not about, you know, what, you know, what, you know, I don't even know how to say it. What family of strength and conditioning you want to be in? Do you want to be in the Louis Simmons? Do you want to be in the Olympic lifting? Do you want to be with, you know, with this or with this or with this? No, we looked at because we took our ego out of it. 
because I, you know, I mean, you could have said, no, we're going to Olympic lift. We're going to do this, or we're going to box squat. We're going to do this. We're going to, you know, no, it's what is in the best interest of the athlete. What gives us our best bang for our buck? What allows performance markers to go up while injuries go down? That's what strength and conditioning is not what, what, you know, party or family. It's like, you know, it's, it's almost turning into like politics, Dean, where it's like, you're either on the far right, you're Olympic, you're far left, you know, you know, or no, I don't know how you even say it. And I probably pissed someone off because they're like, well, you associate Olympic, you know, and that that's what it's gotten to. You can't even, you know, say anything anymore without someone saying, well, you're this, you're this. No, I am a performance coach for my kids. And I'm going to do what I feel is the best for my kids and what I've seen. And to me, Dean, one of the most refreshing things, um, and we're going to do a podcast on this. We're going to really dive into some math and yeah. things like this. Cause I know that Kimberly won 70 football games in a row, you know, without doing certain things. And we want to talk about that, but I've been, I just want to share that this has been really refreshing, refreshing week for me because, okay, I got a shameless plug coming in for sports advantage here. You know, we do consulting with high schools across our state. We're adding, you know, multiple schools across our state, you know, because coaches want information. They want to be taught by myself and our staff on our systems and be guided. They want to learn. They have a growth mindset. I talked with two of the top, I would say probably 10 programs in our state this week, okay, that have predominantly been top programs, both were in the Olympic lifting camp and both understandably too, Dean, you have to understand they don't have strength guys like you at their, you know, they're the, the football coaches are the ones running the weight room predominantly as we broke down, Hey, we can get better bang for your buck here. Okay. And both of them were sold. We're 100%. We're doing this. We're doing this as you sat. And we had a hard conversation. This was a hard conversation for me because I'm trying to sell my business. I'm trying to sell my expertise to these guys. These guys have been established and their programs are outstanding. And we had hard conversation, broke down the math. And they're like, you know, we want what's best for our kids. You tell us what to do and we're going to do it. So I think that's a breath of fresh air in our state. And for, for some of you coaches that are listening, like I said, you know, one was a state finalist, you know, one was a state finalist a couple of years ago. So it's not like, it's just, hey, help us with it. It's, it's we have an established program, but we want to get a little bit better. We want to get a little bit better. And I think that to me, that was a breath of fresh air. You know, one of my pet peeves, Brian, was a lot of times if our athletes um, are a senior and they are going to a university and the university will send a program out for the summer and they're putting on exercises like Olympic type movements. And all of a sudden they're just putting a video out there and they're telling the kid, well, you need to do this. And before you come in, in the fall and participate, and it's always been a situation where kids will come up, Hey, can you teach me to clean and, and all this? And I'm in a situation like, Hey, if you get on that campus, you were at that situation. If somebody has never cleaned before, you would rather, once they get on campus, teach it the way that you're going to be teaching it For sure. and to make sure you're supervising it. And there is a progression to it so that individual can do really a good job instead of anybody can Google a situation. They can Google how to clean. There's a million of them out there and the kid can watch it and then try to figure it out. But it's one of those things I say, hey, if your university is going to do it, have your university, your strength and conditioning coach, 
that is an expertise in it, coach it the way they want to, not a person in high school that's strength conditioning coach that hasn't had the expertise that that individual has, because if they did, they would be putting it in their program because they would be confident that they could teach it correctly. Well, and that's why you pay those guys half a million dollars a year. Absolutely. To, 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 to teach that, you know, our job as high as working with high school is to give the best product, you know, and that was one of the conversations I had with one of the coaches. Our job is to give the kid the opportunity to play in college. You yes. Know, the, the strength coach's job, just like the offensive coordinator's job, you know, the offensive coordinator, you know, may send some schematic things. I don't know what NCA rules are. They may send some things, but they still have to teach, you know, foot placement, all that stuff. That's why you, that's why those guys have jobs. Okay. Otherwise we would just be creating athletes in high school and they go and they wouldn't need a strength coach. You know, I've had coaches, other coaches say, well, coach, don't you think it's your job to teach these Olympic lifts to these kids that are going to these colleges. And I would be like, absolutely not. It's not my job. Matter of fact, if you really believe that those Olympic lifts are going to make your athletes so much better, then that should be an upside for the individual that's never done it to go to the next yeah. level. And then, Hey, your, your staff that's expertise in it, you teach them how to Olympic lift. And now their ceiling should be much higher than if you truly believe that, but it's not my job as a high school coach to teach these athletes to Olympic lift. We look at how many individuals get the opportunity to go to college <coughs> from the high school level. The statistic is 6% of all high school senior athletes will go to any level college. It could be D3, could be D2, could be D1 in any sport. So the population high school coaches is 94% of your athletes are not going to go on and do any type of athletics in college. So if 94% of my kids are not going to do that, I have to make sure that what I'm doing at the time is going to be the best safest way to train my athletes in their four-year career, because there's a big difference between a freshman in high school and a senior. And then there's even a bigger difference of those people that are in that top 6% that are going to go on to college, Brian. Well, I think too, Dean, we also have, you know, to preface, you know, maybe you free squat and, you know, and so like we can go to the other end of the spectrum too. Maybe you're, you know, you know, Kimberly, you guys free squat, you know, maybe, you know, we can use a guy like AJ Klein since AJ has been on our podcast, you know, maybe AJ is going, when he went to Iowa state, you know, maybe they use the box squat. You know what I mean? That's not your job to teach them how to box squat. You know what I mean? Yep. That's, that is the, if you, if that's something philosophically that you believe, you know, the Kimberly philosophy is what you do and that's how you train your athletes. Okay. Same with sports advantage, our philosophy and any other private facility, our philosophy is our philosophy. Our job is not to coach to, and, and high school strength coaches hear this too, because you have some power in this. Your job is not to coach to a college's program your job is to coach your kids in your program to get them the best they can be and again injury prevention should always be the first thing that you're looking at how to keep kids on the field how to keep them healthy and then how to provide the best product so those four to six percent of kids that are in your school that get the opportunity like you said dean 
they only have a higher ceiling because now they haven't been taught some of the things that those those schools have taught. So we could go on, you know, all day about this. So that's why we're going to do a separate podcast on this, Dean, uh, in a couple of weeks and really hammer away at some of these things and really provide, to me, I think it hopefully will provide our high school strength coaches, you know, performance coaches that listen to us, you know, some some power and thought process. No, I want to, we're going to do it the way we can do it because we see it too, Dean. We got kids, you know, that, you know, a couple of kids going to a, a Big Ten school and they're like, here's our program. I'm like, guys, like, this is great. I said, and, and I, because I am, I consider myself a professional, high level criteria professional. I'll reach out. I reached out to the strength coach at this Big Ten school and said, coach, this is what we do. You tell me from a conditioning standpoint what they need to make sure that they're ready. But we're going to keep training them the way we've been doing because here are the results. And typically, if you're dealing with a growth-minded, you know, keep doing what they're doing. I, we just need them ready to go. You know what I mean? So I think just keep doing what you're doing is the message we're trying to send. Um, but let's get into Monte a little bit, Dean, um, as we go. And I think, for me, one of the coolest things when talking with Monte um, – was, was one of our first topics. And that's, they had, man, I tell you, the running back room they had was unbelievable with the guys they had in there. They had Coach Hammock, who's, the, you know, the head football coach now in Northern Illinois, was their running backs coach, you know, who was also a great tailback. But the support they gave each other, we're talking about four guys that played in the NFL. All four of them played in the NFL. John Clay with the Steelers, uh, Monte with the Broncos, Melvin, obviously with the Chargers and now with the Broncos. And then um, uh, Melvin, what, what, who did I forget? James White with the Patriots, who you know, right. the Super Bowl MVP, you know. Um, but just incredible support for each other, you know, um, pushing each other to be better. You know, not a, there, there wasn't very much selfishness in that room. And so high school athletes, that's a great message. And you see it at the high school level all the time, Dean. Oh, no doubt about it, Brian. And, you know, just, I, I just, as you named off those names, and as I listened to the podcast, it's just incredible when I think about over your 13 year stint at the University of Wisconsin Madison working with the football programmers, how many great athletes that you've had the opportunity to, to help and, and get stronger and, and develop those relationships. And we've seen this a lot with the guys that are on the podcast. And obviously, you and Monty. And Monty's got so much a tremendous respect for what you have done to help him. And you continue to be friends to this day. And it's just unbelievable. But, you know, to have that much talent in one room is, is super special. And for everybody to feed off of each other and make it a very competitive situation to really benefit all is, is so unique, especially nowadays with the transfer portal. You know, how many times you have so many good athletes in a room and then one guy is not being patient and not waiting for their time. And all of a sudden nowadays they want to bowl. They want to leave. They want to go into a different situation. So um, Monty, incredible. I think you take advantage of that and you learn from those people, you know, in that room, you learn from them and you're picking their brains as long as along with the coach's brains and Having that competitiveness is the best way to improve. And you have to take advantage of that. Well, I can go with the, you know, with the guys that I had, you know, with the O-line in 2010. You had Gabe, you had Moff, you had Nagy, you had Zeitler, you had Ricky Wagner, you had Kahn's. 
um, you know, those guys were all in the playing mode, but a guy I work with currently, Rob Havenstein, still in the NFL, he was in that room, you know, and then a guy like a Travis Frederick, a Ryan Groy, um, Tyler Merritt's, you know, all those guys playing the NFL and they went through the progression and what you saw. And I, you know, I talked to Rob about this a lot. You know, he's like the amount I learned from being around those guys, how they went about their business, how they prepared, you know, how they trained all those things. If you are a young athlete, you have to observe and you have to ask questions and you have to be okay being uncomfortable around older athletes that have done it before, you know, and you look at, you know, you had John and then you had Monte and then you had James and then you had Melvin and then, you know, then you had JT, you know, after that, which I wasn't around for, but all those guys progression, you know, they were around each other. So they learned from each other and let's not, you know, and I said this on the podcast, let's not like, say that you don't want to be the one scoring the touchdown. You know, you're a tailback. That's you, you want to put the ball in the end zone, you know, um, because that's why you carry the ball. You know what I mean? You want to score. You want to get there. And, Mon, you know, Monty, we've had those conversations. Yeah, he wanted to be the one scoring. But that didn't mean that he was ever upset when James did. I remember when James scored against Ohio State. It was an incredible run that he had. The first one to, to greet him on the sidelines were John and, and Monty. They were the first two there. I mean, not coaches. They were the two guys that he scored a touchdown when those two could have been, but they were the first two guys there. And I tell you what, high school kids, that's a great lesson to learn. Okay. You can't always be the one out front and center and you have to support your team. If you want to have a great team, you have to support your teammates, especially the kids you're competing against. And lastly, those guys should, should motivate you to get better. They should motivate you, you know, to get better. I mean, it's just a thing that we see in sports a lot, Dean, and we're seeing it at younger and younger ages. You know what I mean? Where, you know, I want mine. I want to get mine. I'm 12 years old. You know, I, I should be hitting third in the lineup or I should be the point guard and, and things like that. And I, I, I hope parents that you're sharing this message with your kids because, you know, you could still be great. All right. And have great people around you that you're competing against. Well, and look at tradition too, you know, Wisconsin running back you, Brian, and look at Braylon Allen, oh. you, you know, the, the, the yeah. sensation right now, you know, the final X star that's downplayed for the Wisconsin Badgers. And he's talking about, you know, JT and Melvin Gordon, they're rooting for this guy. Sure. And they have a relationship. There's a brotherhood there of, Hey, Wisconsin's running back you and, you know, lineman you, you see it right now. And I, and I want to thank you, my boy, Logan Bruss from Kimberly high school. He is training down at Sports Advantage, Wanakee, and he is training with Rob Havenstein. Yep. Obviously, you've talked about already that's been there. What a great opportunity. You know, there's a lineman from Wisconsin, and he is he is showing and he has been a great mentor to Logan of you know what this next step in his career is gonna look like. And he is preparing for that NFL life and he's training with Rob. To me, we talk about the conversations and the connections in the relationships that are going to help you become successful. I know in our Kimberly program, so many times an athlete will go and they'll graduate and they'll come back and we have a Friday night football game and they're on the sidelines and they're cheering. They are cheering for that next running back in line or that next position that they play. And they're mentoring those kids. It doesn't stop 
when they leave the high school or the university, that tradition and that that self of belonging and that you are part of something bigger than what you can ever imagine. You know, that tradition piece, we think we see that all the time, tradition, tradition, tradition. But as a coach or as an individual, when you really experience that, it, it is just life-changing because they are always a maker. They are always a sports advantage person, a client. They are always a Wisconsin Badger. And that's what's so awesome about athletics. You know, Dean, and I think that goes to our second point on Monte that we want to talk about, um, you know, and, and it's self-evaluation. You know, he talked about that and I saw it with him, um, you know, go through a process where he dropped about 20 pounds, you know, and I think part of it was, you know, self-evaluating, looking at himself saying, hey, I'm not as explosive as I want to be talked about watching himself on film and being his hardest critic. And I think a lot of times we don't want to be our hardest critic, but deep down inside we are, we have to be, you know, you know, whether or not you you're doing the right things, you know, whether or not, you know, you look fast on the field or on the court or if you're moving well, so you know that, but to have the wherewithal to, to, to take that, what you're looking at on the field or court, and then to put action behind it, you know, and the other thing that forced him to do it, Dean, is our topic we just talked about, the guys that he had in his room. You know, he wanted more than 60 carries a year. You know, he wanted to be a part of a tradition of excellence stemming from, you know, Brent Moss, Alan Amici, um, Ron Dane, you know, Brian Calhoun, Anthony Davis, boom, 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 across. He wanted to be a part of that. And he knew that the path that he was on um, wasn't taking him there. And so he did some things. He took action after he self-evaluated. And I think that's the piece that athletes need to really understand. You can look at yourself and be like, well, I'm not really up to snuff. I'm not really doing this. I'm not doing this. Anybody can do that. Okay, what's the next step? What action are you taking? You know, words, words are just words on the wall. We say that all the time. Your culture is your action, you know? And it's the same thing with improvement, self-evaluation. Are you taking action? Okay. And are you being real with yourself? That was the, you know, Brian was the best part about coming back on the plane and, and we getting back, you know, back home is when we went to that conference, that clinic, and there were so many things after we're looking through the notes of, of what we were could do as far as self-assessing our program and what we could bring back that we'd learn that could make our program better. And I think that's the, probably one of the best things about being a strength and conditioning coach or being a teacher or, or being anyone that's helping people become a better version of themselves is now how can we take this knowledge and how can we put it in and make it fit for our program? And I think that's one of the biggest lessons that, you know, I tell people when I go out and speak and I know I've heard it from you as well as hey, when you take this information, you have to make it your own and then bring it back to your environment. It kind of goes back to the Olympic weightlifting situation is, hey, if you're really comfortable doing Olympic weightlifting and it works for you and you're getting great results and kids are being safe, hey, that's awesome if that yep. works for this specific environment. But we're not saying it's bad. We're saying, hey, if it's great, if it works, do it. But in our situations, we've tried that and we found out that we can <clears throat> better results a different way. So that's what works for us. That's what works at Sports Advantage. That works for Kimberly High School. And hey, 
is, are you always going to evolve and change? Absolutely. There's never one size fits all for everybody. And that's what's so much fun when we self-reflect, we self-evaluate is, hey, what we did two years ago isn't what we're doing now. And what we're doing now isn't what we did 10 years ago. And guess what? In five years, we're going to be doing some different stuff. And it better not be the same. Absolutely. You absolutely. know what I mean? I think, um, I think that, you know, and I'm a, I'm a big Andy Frisella, you know, podcast listener. And that was one of the things he talks about leadership all the time is that, you know, 10 years ago, you know, when his company was growing and companies were growing, he's like, I was a terrible leader. You know, and now he's like, now I think I'm a really great leader. He goes, but you know what? In five to 10 years, I'm going to look back and be like, man, I had a lot of holes in my game. You know what I mean? Because if you have a growth mindset, you know what I mean? It goes back to athletes self-evaluating. All right. You're going to constantly get better and you're going to look back. I look back at some of the stuff I, you know, and I talked to Rob about this, um, you know, a week ago, I look back at some of the stuff I do with my old lineman and man, we, we were really good. And I'm not going to ever say that we weren't. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll put our old line against anybody across the country at any time. Okay. By the way we played, we could have been a lot better. Could have been a lot better. You know what I mean? And, you know, not that, you know, we did things that I, I would look back now and be like, Oh, I put them in harm's way. No, you know, we did what was best for them. What I knew at the time, but could have been a lot better. And that's always what's cool about coaching. And that's what's cool about being an athlete. You look back and, you know, you look at Monty's season where he scored 39 touchdowns and he could be like, man, I, I still could have been better. And that's the, that's, that's what you need as an athlete and as a coach. You need that self-evaluation. And Brian, I think athletes and coaches should have that, that same feelings because that just shows you we're continually growing as, as a person, as an athlete, as a coach. And I think when you look back on it, I just think of, you know, when I first started teaching from what I, how I teach now is, is totally different. You just think, boy, have I really grown as an educator? Obviously, times change, so that's going to make a difference. You know, the knowledge is different. You know, kids are going to change as far as we got to keep evolving and find out what works. And, you know, the cues are different nowadays. You can't use cues that you used 30 years ago because kids can't relate to them. Right. They're not going to relate to a lot of those cues. So you got to understand the athlete. Make sure one of the biggest things that a lot of the speakers talked about, it's, it's not – how much you know, it's how much you care about the athletes. And you have to build those relationships. And with large numbers, coaches, we know it's difficult. We know it's difficult to do that. If you're in a setting where it's more, you know, five on one, five athletes to one coach, it's a lot easier to be able to do that. So it's work. Coaches just continue, obviously, to get better. Brian, this has been an awesome sharpening the edge. And uh, what do we got in store next? Well, Dean, I, we're definitely going to do uh, a podcast on on uh, exercise selection. So we may fire that off next week, or you know, we've got uh, a growth mindset coach um, that we've shot a podcast with that'll be coming up um, very soon. Um, you know, but I, I just think you know one of the messages I want to leave everybody with is, you know, we all everybody doesn't have all the answers. You know, and we talked about two guys that talked about having hard conversations, that talked about um, self-evaluation, that talked about learning from their teammates and things like that. If, if, if you feel like you have all the answers, um, you're doing a disservice to your kids. You know what I mean? You're doing a disservice to your kids. And anybody can teach you a lesson. It's just, are you willing to listen? And I think we need more of that. 
And, and I'm speaking to strength coaches. We need to listen more and we need to be observant as to are people getting results versus are they doing it your way? You know, your way only works in your gym um, or in your high school. You know, what you do at Kimberly may be different what they do at Sun Prairie or what they do at Madison Memorial or what they do at UW-Wisconsin, you know, but if everybody's getting results, you know, you have to respect the people that are putting time in, you know, so uh, Fox Valley throws this summer, fire it. Yes, we'll be starting sessions this summer. Really looking forward to it. I'll tell you, I don't know what it's like in the Madison area, but it is freezing up here right now, Brian, and uh, hopefully we have a track meet Monday night, but if we don't, we just got to hopefully get some good weather because these kids are really chomping at the bit to get outside and compete in the spring sports. And, and, you know, I want to throw out, you know, like I did in the middle of the podcast, one of the things we're doing at Sports Advantage is consulting now for high schools. It's been very popular. Obviously, we've had great success with the couple schools that we do just consulting with where we, you know, we educate your coaches. Uh, we help with program design. We help with your speed program. Uh, we do pretty much everything that we would do if we were there, but we're making your coaches better as well and helping your kids. So that's something you can reach out to me and we can get that set up. We've got I think four or five schools, you know, since the WFCA clinic now that, that we're going to be working with was really exciting. So, you know, our goal, like, like your goal, Dean, is to impact and, and as many kids as we can make their lives, um, their experience in athletics the best they can. So that ends this episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. We will see you next time. Chop it.